A couple weeks ago, Gloria and I, uh, we were invited out to uh, Tolstoy, South Dakota. Nobody knows where Tolstoy, South Dakota is. I didn't even know where that was until we visited it. It's a little town out in the middle. Of, there's a little spot called Nowhere. It's right next to that. <laughs> and that's, that's where we were at. Uh, and it's my son-in-law's home place. It's about the town the size of Florence. And uh, uh, really a fun community. Uh, we went out there. They had a little mini reception because they, uh, we got to meet... Uh, some really wonderful people that were really part of the church family. And then we also got to meet some of his relatives that didn't make it to the wedding here because it was so far away. It's about four hours away. So anyway, uh, this reception happened just days after the court made the ruling that it was legal to have gays be married. And obviously, uh, during this reception um, and through the conversations of the day, it became apparent that uh, this was a topic that everyone had had an opinion. And uh, fortunately, when I was out there, everybody had the same opinion. It's a lot harder when, it's <laughs> when there's varying opinions. But we all had the same opinion. Really, how, how can this be happening? You know, how can, how can this be happening in this nation? And, you know, we're a country that procla- uh, proclaims and professes to be a Christian majority. So how could this be happening? After the reception, uh, that night we drove over to Pier, uh, where Kelly and Alex were. We visited with them and uh, uh, had a great time. Stayed overnight. Next morning we went to, uh, on Sunday, uh, a church called New Life Assemblies of God in Pier. And heard a great message by the pastor there. And that's really what, what led me and challenged me to have the message this morning. But he really challenged, challenged my thinking on homosexuality. Not in the realm of whether it's right or wrong, mind you, because anyone who says that they're a follower of Jesus Christ really can have only one view. Too many times uh, in this world now we have so many views, and even, even from the pulpit now we're starting to hear some denominations, you know, they're supporting this. And, and so this really is, this really is a, a view that's really wrong. And it really, but it really challenged me in how I've been handling and viewing this particular sin. Now, I say it's sin because that's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, the world's going to say, well, that's pretty bold of you to call it sin, and it's not very open-minded, but that's exactly what the Bible says homosexuality is. And if you believe that the Bible is the Word of God, uh, it's not my opinion, it's the Bible's opinion. If you want to argue, don't argue with me, argue with the Bible, it's right there. And, um, but... Uh, unfortunately, we're not hearing this from the churches often enough. And, you know, too many churches tend to dance around this particular issue because it's quite uncomfortable. And one of the reasons why it's uncomfortable is that there really isn't anybody uh, in the congregation that hasn't been touched by this particular issue. Either you are related to somebody who professes to be homosexual, or you work with somebody, or you know somebody Somehow or another, this particular issue has touched everyone. And, uh, and so a lot of times congregations tend to dance around it uh, because of this friend or this someone that's in, the, that's in the group that might be homosexual or know somebody that is or a good friend. And uh, they just don't want to upset them or make them uncomfortable. Uh, so it's even gotten to the point where churches are starting to change their doctrines to accept this. So... You know, this isn't, this should not be accepted behavior. It is not a thing that we should be teaching and something that we should be accepting. 
uh, and it shouldn't be the case. You know, the Word of God is unchanging. It's just as relevant today as it was over 2,000 years ago. And why is it that every time man gets uncomfortable with what the Bible says about a particular issue is that we tell ourselves that the Bible is not relevant today. I've had conversations with people, and they say, well, that was then. You know, they wrote this Bible thousands of years ago. You know, the world's changed. Yes, it has changed, but the Bible has not changed. The Bible is the, Bible is the true Word of God. It's unchanging. It's just as relevant today as it was back then. You know, we've had to deal with sin ever since the fall of mankind. It's not new. And we need to hear this from the church now more than, more than ever. Our children are hearing the message in schools that homosexuality should be an accepted behavior. We're bombarded on TV constantly with the notion that homosexuality behavior should be accepted and that we're to be tolerant of their behaviors. So let me ask you this. Do we accept murderous behavior? You know, how about stealing or lying or any other sins that are besetting the world? Do we accept that type of behavior? Are we asked to accept that? No. But essentially, this, that's what they're asking us to do. It's a, it's a, you know, sin is sin. So why is it that homosexuality is viewed by the public as a lifestyle and not what it really is as a sin? I think that the homosexual agenda has had one of the most successful marketing campaigns, I think, in the world. I mean, you think about that. I'm in marketing all the time, and it takes, it takes a long time to get a message out. And really, when you think about this, you know, this started a long, long time ago. And at first, we got thinking about this. When, when, when this topic first came up, we all said to ourselves, how can this be? This, can't, this isn't right. But as more and more of the homosexual agenda became more apparent and more obvious and it started to come out and all of a sudden we started to see it on TV and we started to see it on this. It's, it's been such a slow uh, involvement that the world has just got to the point where, oh, that we're, we're just going to accept it. It must be a natural thing, okay? But you know what? It's, it's not natural. Homosexuality is a choice. Let me repeat that. Homosexuality is a choice. Just like stealing is a choice, just like murder is a choice, just like lying and cheating is a choice. We choose to participate in sin, and you know what? God lets us choose. God lets us choose these things. But he wants in the worst way for us to choose a life that's righteous, one that honors him, one that shows him who Jesus is, but... Jesus does allow us to choose. That's just who he is. Okay? He doesn't force his agenda. What kind of God would do that? That would just say, okay, you have to do this. That's, again, it's more rules. He wants us to choose him. Have you ever had the conversation, con- excuse me, conversation with someone and the topic, topic of homosexuality comes up? Typically, you run into one of two types of reactions. The first one, which was me, is that it makes us mad, angry even, that we're even having to deal with this issue as much as we are these days. But the second reaction, I think one we hear more and more, uh, especially from the world, is that it really doesn't affect me, so why should I care? Uh, 
you know, that's their thing. If they want to do what they want to do, that's fine. It's not, you know, it's not something I maybe agree with, but it doesn't affect me. So, so what? Well, let me tell you this. The sin of homosexuality affects everyone. And here's why. It's because God judges nations for their actions. In Isaiah 13, 9 through 13, we see God's judgment of the nation of Babylon. It reads, See, in the day of the, the, see, the day of the Lord is coming, a cruel day with wrath and fierce anger, to make the land desolate and to destroy the sinners within it. The stars, the stars of heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. I will punish the world for its evil, the wicked for their sins. I will put an end to the arrogance of the haughty, and I will humble the pride of the ruthless, and I will make people scarcer than pure gold, more rare than the gold of Ophir. Therefore I will make the heavens tremble, and the earth will shake from its place at the wrath of the Lord Almighty in the day of his burning anger. You know, as a nation, the United States, we've really given hearty approval of the sin of homosexuality. And because of this, I believe God's going to hasten his judgment. So if you're in the nation, this will affect you. In Genesis 1.22, it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. He called them Adam and Eve. Of course, you know the joke. Not Adam and Steve. Adam and Eve. Okay? So basically, this message, I have really three points that we have to talk about. Okay, the first point is that marriage is created and defined by God in the Scriptures as a sexual and covenantal union of a man and a woman, and it's a picture of Christ's union with His bride, the church. In Genesis 2, 23-24, it says, Man then said, Now this is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman. For she was taken out of man. That is why man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife. And they may become one flesh. You see, God created man and woman so that in their union, they fulfill the role that God had designed for them. That design was for them to be fruitful and to multiply, to populate the world. The man's role was more masculine as a leader. He cares for his bride. He looks after her and protects her. The woman's role is feminine, more submissive to her husband and to follow and to compliment him. In Ephesians 5, 22, it says, Wives, submit, to yourself, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated his own body, but they feed and care for their body just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body, and for this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. 
However, each one of you must also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So here, that verse is showing us that picture of Christ as the husband and the church as the bride. Point number two. There is no such thing as same-sex marriage. And it would be wise not to call it that. Remember that God had created marriage, and this marriage was created perfectly. And marriage is a sacred union that God had ordained. Who are we as man that we would think that we can change what God has created and intended? At weddings, in fact, we were just at one yesterday for our neighbor's uh, son. When the couple finishes their vows, what does the pastor say? What God has joined, let no man separate. But isn't that exactly what's just happened? Man has separated this union. It's no longer a union between man and woman anymore. Gay rights and gay marriage have become one of the major issues of our church today and our culture today. And in such times, we Christians cannot afford to lose our moral compass or compromise the scriptures. Here's a reminder that will strengthen our moral bearings. The devil hates it when someone brings the truth out into the open. He likes to keep all light and truth hidden in the darkness. And he hates it when someone speaks plainly and clearly about sin. On the other hand, he loves to promote all that is abominable and evil. Off with his head has usually been the cry against those who confront sin and and preach repentance. The Bible says that homosexuality is unnatural. Men in gay relationships have given up the natural use of the woman and the woman the natural use of the man. In Romans 1, 26 and 27, it says, For even their women exchange the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the women, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Now the Bible does not say that God changed what was natural. Neither does it say that nature or the environment or the culture, or his parents, nor did birth genes change what was natural. It says that the lesbians and the homosexuals changed themselves. Yes, that's right. The Bible says it is people who changed their natural sexual desires in exchange for unnatural ones. So the Bible sweeps away every argument, excuse, and destructive reasoning for unnatural sexual activity. Some things are just against nature and therefore against God because God created nature. Homosexuality is not ordained by God, nor is it even biologically right or natural. People are gay because they choose to be, not because they can't help it. It's a choice in the same way that I could choose as a sexually normal, red-blooded male go out and commit adultery. Being gay is a choice just like a heterosexual couple chooses to have children or a man decides to remain celibate and enter the monastery or a woman chooses to be a nun. Men don't say, I can't help but become a monk or women don't say, I couldn't help but becoming a nun. Just as normal couples make choices to marry or not to marry or 
have sex or not to have sex or have children or not to have children, so it is with being gay. It is a choice. The choice to be gay, however, has far greater risk in that it ties one to lust, illicit passions and unclean practices that, quite frankly, open up a person to the demonic. And I think of any of this, this particular demonic is one that is, I think, the hardest one to be cleansed of. We've got this whole thing muddled up because people don't speak plainly and clearly anymore. We beat around the bush and we're obsessed with political correctness and being loving and tolerant. The truth is that everyone makes choices every single day. We can choose to believe in God or not. We can choose to believe the Bible or not. You can choose to surrender your life to Jesus Christ or not. And you can choose to be a liar or a thief or a murderer or an alcoholic or a drug addict. We have to quit blaming it on our genes or our addictive personalities, unfortunate circumstances, or our background and upbringing. Yes, our culture and our surroundings do influence us, but we, have to, we don't have to yield to its evil influences. For example, I could say to my wife, Gloria, it's so natural for me to have sex with other women, so I think I will. I just can't help myself. Just because a woman entices me to have sex with her doesn't mean that I will. The fact is, some people just, don't wanna, just want to do what comes naturally or what feels good. And you know what? The devil eats them up. He will feed you all the lies and the perversion that you're willing to receive. So we need to be prepared. The Bible says those who follow him will be persecuted. And believe me, persecution is coming. We have to stand up for this movement. You know, I, I applaud companies like Hobby Lobby and who take a stand. Say, no, I am not going to give in. I would rather shut the doors than compromise my beliefs. And you know what? That's coming. That is coming to us. Did you know right now in Denmark, the government has made it mandatory for all churches to conduct gay marriage regardless of religious beliefs or conscience or convictions? No church or minister in Denmark is exempt from complying with this new law. Could America be next? Could a law be passed that would order American churches to perform gay ceremonies if they want to maintain their tax-exempt status? Writing's on the wall. So what will the church do? Will we obey man or will we obey God? Well, this I can affirm right now. The pastors and the leadership of this body will hold true to what the Bible says. We may very well lose our exempt status. We may be the front page of the story of the newspapers, but know this, the paper is going to read that VCC did hold true to our convictions and our beliefs based on the living and unchanging Word of God. Point three. And this is where, you know, I said, it, I said it came in two parts. We talked against the movement. Now we're going to talk a little bit more about the individual. Same-sex desires are part of our broken world due to man's original sin. When man ate of the apple of the good and evil in the garden, sin entered the world. Disease, sickness, 
And all sorts of sinful desires came with it. We all have these temptations for sin. We all have a desire, a kind of a lean or a bent towards sin. That's just the way it is. And we can't help it. We were born into it as a result of Adam's original sin. If you want to know how homosexuality got its start, there it is right there. In 1 Corinthians 6, 9, <coughs> excuse me, Paul gives a list of sins that exclude us from heaven. He writes, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Romans, 23, Romans 3.23 says, For all have, fall, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. So what that's saying is that sin is sin. There's, there's, he, he looks at it the same way. There's no difference between that sin or any other sin. And we are all sinners because of the redemptive... But we're, but we're all sinners, but because of the redemptive power of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, we're made new beings. So we don't have to be slaves to our sin. This pastor and peer had told a story of a man that he had known for many years. This man was married. He had children, a successful career. And he came to him one day after the service, and he told him something that just blew him away. He said that he had always had sexual desires for other men. You see, there's that desire again. That desire to sin, but with a difference. He had never acted on this desire. He had suffered with these thoughts for years and had finally built up the courage to talk to someone about them. Paul's reference to the exclusion from heaven in the verse that I just read from 1 Corinthians 6 9 focuses on the action, not the desire. We all have desires to have something that someone else has, but we don't act on them. Men, how many times have we looked at ladies or pretty women and had lustful thoughts? Or ladies, when you see an attractive man, how many times do your thoughts go astray? But we don't act on these sinful desires. Instead, we repent and we say, forgive me for these thoughts. And now we understand the verse in 2 Corinthians 10.5, where it says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Don't we all have struggles? Don't we all suffer with fleshly desires? This man who had finally confessed his struggles was finally on the road to freedom. It's not going to be easy. In fact, some people live their whole lives struggling with those types of desires. 
But here's the big difference. We don't have to do it alone. We have brothers and sisters in Christ who will come alongside us and pray for us and encourage us. This man found out that he didn't have to struggle alone. He could struggle with somebody who loved him for who he is, a child of God. So how do we reach the homosexual? How do we tell them that Jesus loves him or her? Well, first of all, we have to love them just as Jesus loves them. However, we can't approve the practice of homosexual behavior. We just can't wink at the sin and pretend it doesn't exist. It would contradict love and the gospel of Jesus if we accepted that kind of behavior. But we can't be haters either. Hate doesn't warn people. Warning people means you care for them. Love, however, helps people. And love is not silent. And this is where this pastor's message challenged me the most. I've always tried to stay away from homosexual, homosexuals. I mean, when you know that there's someone, and I've had them, everybody's had contact, and you just tend to, oh, I'm just going to go over here in the corner and leave that person alone. It's kind of been an ignore them and they'll go away type of behavior. But one thing's for sure, they're not going to go away. This thing is here, it's prevalent, it's in our world today. So sooner or later, we're all going to have to interact with someone we don't want to interact with. But guess what? They're lost. Just like all the others who are lost in the world. And weren't we all lost at one time? And we were lost until someone cared enough about us to tell us about Jesus. And the saving grace. The word says that Jesus wishes all to be saved and not lost. So how is ignoring the homosexual going to fulfill this wish? And fulfill his wishes? Jesus loves everybody. And we need to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Not ignoring any. You know what? Good news is good news. Regardless of who hears it. It's still good news. We, you and I, are carriers of life. We are carriers of hope. But we have to communicate it with others to be effective for the kingdom. So here's our command. Be carriers of Christ and go out and infect the world that you live in. That's all it is. That's all he wants us to do. Spread the word of Jesus Christ to those who have not heard about the message and his saving grace. It's not that difficult, but we have to get past ourselves first. Get past the... Uh, most people are just plain scared. You know, just get past that part of it. You know, we just got done sending a load of youth in a van and a trailer, and they're on their way to Colorado right now. And they're going out to be trained in evangelism and leadership. You know, these, these, these kids, the next generation are the ones that are going to be really affecting this world. But it doesn't mean that we can't either. It's our job to make sure that everyone knows the good news about Jesus. So as I've given these words, it's just, 
one of those things where I, I hope I hope you've all received them properly in the in the intent that they were meant to be. And again, there's please make a difference between the movement of homosexuality and the person, because there is a difference. The move the movement is more aggressive, it's more active, it's in your face, but it's still people that make the difference. And so we reach them one at a time. Amen. Lord. We pray and we ask that you would keep our hearts soft, but keep our resolve strong. Allow allow us to see the lost as you see them, with love, through loving eyes, through your Son, Jesus Christ. Allow us to be your hands and feet to a world that does not know you. Lord, we pray that you would go before us and prepare hearts and souls to hear the good news of the gospel of Christ, your saving grace. Lord, right now we also pray for the youth who are on the road right now, Father. I pray for traveling mercies. I pray for a fire, Lord, that would burn within them, that the holy fire would just ignite them, Father, and that uh, they would bring that fire back. They would infect our world. They would affect the world that they live in. They're going to all these different areas, their schools, their workplaces. Father, ignite us. Ignite that fire in all of us.